going to be after I correct and I expect correct a bit from John chapter 20 and Thomas's encounter with the risen Lord. Thomas missed the first arrival appearance of Jesus in the upper room and this is the second. Let us listen to God's word. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. He said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Who has believed what we have heard, certainly not Thomas. Thomas is the one in the Gospels who gives voice to all of our doubts and questions. A risen Lord, how can this be? Do I look like a fool? I saw what they did to Jesus. There's no way he is coming back. Thomas speaks out of his anger, out of his frustration, out of his broken heart. Thomas had such great hopes. He was there at the Sermon on the Mount, heard the glorious words, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Thomas helped with the feeding of the 5,000. He cleaned up after that evening meal. Thomas was there for Passover on the most sacred night in the most sacred city on earth. And then it all came crashing down. Jesus arrested and crucified all the disciples running away. And now this absurd announcement that the Lord is risen I wonder which was harder for Thomas to swallow, that a dead man would get up from the grave or that Jesus would come back with forgiveness. Which is harder for you to believe, that life is stronger than death or that God wants to forgive you? So much in our culture is about vengeance and about getting even. And half the movies at the cinema right now are somebody who's been double-crossed, betrayed. Liam Neeson's family has been kidnapped for the third time, and he's going to get even through one more time. There was a headline that I caught in the Wall Street Journal talking about high school reunions, and it said... High school reunion, colon, success is the best revenge. So much in our culture is about getting even or getting over on somebody or 
making sure nobody puts anything over on us. And here is this announcement, not just that Jesus has come back, but that he has come back with forgiveness in his heart, willing to open his arms again to the very disciples who ran away from him, who even denied him. The part that I keep coming back to in this story is that Jesus is recognized by his wounds. Not by his Super Bowl ring, not by his touchdown dance, not by his best-selling self-help book from the New York Times book review. He's recognized by his wounds. In our storytelling We always pick winners, and yet the gospel concludes with the story of a Messiah who comes back, not with vengeance, but living out the message, turn the other cheek, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, return good for evil. I think perhaps the most startling sentence in the whole gospel is this, from the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the resurrection stories are not just that the grave is empty and the Savior is loose, but that he has not come back with vengeance. He's come back with forgiveness. He doesn't yell at Thomas. He says, okay, come and see. He's recognized by his suffering love. When I was a child... Once or twice a year, we'd get in the car and drive all the way to Statesville, North Carolina to visit Grandmother Summers. And whenever we went to town, we would always go over to Ms. Satterfield's house. My dad had grown up with Bobby Satterfield. They were great buddies in school all the way through high school. And when Bobby was about 20 years old, he had a stroke. And he became an invalid, and he could not speak, and he was bedridden. And whenever we came to town, we would go and make a visit to the home. They kept him at home, Ms. Satterfield, a widow, for 20 years had been taking care of her son day after day. She was the gentlest, kindest, warmest person you ever wanted to meet. And I was, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, and I would go with my dad to make this visit. And we'd go in the room, and he'd hold Bobby's hand, and He'd have a prayer, and he'd talk to Bobby a little bit, and then he'd go out in the hall, and we'd talk to Bobby's mother. And on the way to the car, my dad would say something like, she is my hero, or that is a saint. So at eight, nine, ten years old, I'm learning something about what a Christian saint looks like. It looks like suffering love. The power of the life of Christ at work among us is not that we avoid wounds, but that somehow the love of God is much stronger than the wounds. I think of Gardner Taylor, one of the great preachers of the last century, the pastor of the Abyssinian Baptist Church, 
in New York City, a huge congregation, and I heard him speak several times at a conference. And he told us one time about his adult son who'd become a cocaine addict and went in and out of prison and in and out of rehab centers, and he'd be okay for a while, and then he'd relapse. And toward the end of talking about that, Gardner Taylor, this great old Christian preacher, said, there's no such thing as tough love. There's only suffering love. He refused to give up on his son, even when everybody around him told him that's what he should do. The most startling thing about the gospel is not that Jesus is out of the tomb and loose, but that he is recognized by his wounds and by his forgiveness offered to his disciples. The forgiveness that is offered to us, that God is not about vengeance, that God is mercy within mercy within mercy. And then the power of this risen Lord at work among us, in spite of our wounds and sometimes because of our wounds, that we get to share this love. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, and God's love will not give up on us. That is gospel. Thanks be to God.